Lagos, I'm Sandra Ezekwasili. This is Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. How is the draft uh, 2022 budget looking? How realistic is it? Uh, earlier this month, the executive presented next year's draft appropriation bill uh, to the National Assembly. The National Assembly has now broken off into committees so that ministers can defend their sections of the budget. Which brings me to our big hard fact uh, for today. Yeah, um, The Defence Ministry has the largest allocation in the draft budget with over 1.1 trillion naira. No big surprise there if you ask me considering the multiple security challenges in the country. But there's a lot more to running a country than defense Uh, and the government has to make sure that it can allocate enough resources to enough boxes to keep things running so today let's take a look at the draft budget let's take a look at how well it handles these requirements Uh, my guest is the co-founder of budget thank you so much for coming back on hard facts It's a pleasure being here again today, Sandra. It's, um, I'm, I'm glad to be here today. Okay. Yeah. And Lagos, we want to hear from you as well. What are your questions or observations about the draft budget, if you've had time to take a look at it? Now, uh, I want us to start with uh, some of the assumptions made in a draft budget. Uh, I always start at the oil price benchmark. So they're benchmarking oil at $57 per barrel. Oil production is um, 1.88 million barrels a day. Exchange rate is 410 naira to a dollar. 410 naira, 15 kobo to a dollar. Real GDP growth is 4.20% per annum. Inflation rate uh, is 13%. So that's what, that's so these are some of the assumptions made in this budget. Which of these do you think are realistic, Sean? And uh, which ones do you think? are not so realistic okay um i think i think i mean you, when you make assumptions for the budget mm. you not just look at the now you also look at the future right um but if we are going to judge by the now mm-hmm. um and we're dealing with a very volatile product here mm-hmm. oil prices are around 86 dollars per barrel right now right uh, a few months ago they were not even doing half of they were not they were doing right. quarter, right. quarters of that right so definitely you you never know um but oil prices at 57 is a conservative figure mm-hmm. um that's a decent conservative figure mm-hmm. um and that's good enough mm-hmm. in my might be um, higher. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, I mean, the National Assembly, I, I may expect that it will bring it a notch higher. Okay. You just understand that they will be watching that if we get more money from oil, we can reduce deficits. Mm-hmm. Um, if we get more money from oil, then we can possibly even be able to put in new projects mm-hmm. into the, pro- into mm-hmm. the budget. Into the budget. So, you know, mm-hmm. That's always the politics mm-hmm. of you know, the oil price, uh, benchmark price. Mm-hmm. But it looks decent. The production is 1.8 million, yes. But don't, let's not forget that there's a cap of production mm-hmm. that was enforced by the OPEC mm-hmm. just to prop up oil prices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now that oil prices are on the rise now, um, the question would be that um, would, would this change uh, the dynamics of mm-hmm. things? Um, mm-hmm. Does it mean that uh, oil prices um, oil prices being high? Because now oil prices are, the product oil prices being high is the product of tight oil demand. Right. I mean, 
So if 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 we if oil producers can gush more supply into the market, mm-hmm. then definitely the price will come down. Mm-hmm. So it's those are the decisions that uh, OPEC might have to take in the next few months. Mm-hmm. I might I might decide the trajectory of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see that oil prices will be above sixty dollars per barrel next year. Okay. We are in a we're in a post-pandemic recovery. Well, we never know. We mm. pray that there's no... There's hopefully, no hopefully we stay here. <laughs> hopefully, that, that what has happened. Yeah. But we are in a uh, post-pandemic recovery. But then we look at other metrics, um, um, if you, um, which is like the, uh, the um, uh, how do I call it? The, uh, the inflation rates. Mm-hmm. 13%. Uh, real GDP growth is uh, 4.20%. Uh, exchange rate no. is 410 naira, 15 to $1. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's where it becomes a bit exaggerated for me, or maybe on be realistic for me. So okay. if you're planning to grow, I mean, do, growing at 4%, mm-hmm. that looks possible mm-hmm. um because you know it's like when you were in 10 and you went to eight mm-hmm. you know and you're trying to jump back again to 10 or 11 mm-hmm. growth can look like can growth itself can 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 look like um <laughs> can be can be unre- can, no i was unrealistic but can can be deceptive that's the word i'm trying to look for okay. because we have had recession that means the growth itself had sunk mm-hmm. so if you grow back if you move from 10 and to 7 and you're trying to get back to 9 you know, it look, looks as if you are growing, but reality is that um, Nigeria's GDP per capita is still a, it's still is is worse than it was um, ten years ago. Hmm. Um, so it's not like it's not like we are growing. But even if we are growing, we are not growing at the rate of population growth. The population growth of Nigeria is faster than GDP growth, right. which, which which explains that even our GDP per capita continuously even. Um, make a fall back. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my view, an exchange rate at 410, you know, we have to be realistic. That is not our exchange rate. Um, and if the federal government wants to peg at 410, let them produce, provide dollars, CBM provide dollar for everybody at 410. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you can't meet that demand at 410, then why do we want? Because in the end of the day, we, we underfund the budget. Mm-hmm. We know if, if, if I make $10 million, and I'm supposed to I'm multiply at 14. It's less than multiplying at 520 mm-hmm. or 570, mm-hmm. what the rate is in the market. So mm-hmm. I think that explain that that exchange rate should be more reflective mm-hmm. of what the market is. Mm-hmm. It's it's not helpful, especially for states. You know, the federal government can find ways and means to make itself fine. It can borrow because it's a sovereign entity. But for a lot of states that also depend on um on, on monetization of crude oil rents. You know, and you're supposed to you so you ten million and CBN is undercutting you mm-hmm. by paying like an exchange rate that is less than what it should be. The mm-hmm. market, mm-hmm. I think, I think it's not helpful. Not realistic. It's not realistic. Mm. But I look at all the other thing. Um, it, it, I mean, I hope that inflation will be thirty percent, but and I hope that we will get a four. We might get we'll get a four percent GDP growth rate. I mean, like I said. It's just, it's just that we have been in a slump, so we're just in a post We're recovering recovery. at the moment. Um, the bill estimates that 10 trillion naira in revenue will be available to fund the budget. Now, if you look at 2020, the federal revenue, the total federal revenue 
ended up being um, 3.42 trillion naira. Uh, this this year's revenue to date is about 3.9 trillion naira. So I, I have to ask, why do you think the federal executive is confident that it can multiply uh, revenue <laughs> two and a half times next year? You know, I don't know. What what do they know that we don't? We, we, we call it in budgets, we call it the farewell budget. You know, where you, you know, God forgive me, or maybe someone is, is on his deathbed and you, you know, you're trying to make everybody happy. I mean, you're trying to, you know, you're taking care of everybody. That's what this budget looks like. Because let's not forget, this is the last budget uh, of the current president mm-hmm. in a full fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Whatever you get for 2015, it would only execute for five months. Right. So technically, this budget that we see um, is technically the last budget of this administration. Right. Um, and, and so, and, and that's my problem. It, it stops everything and it packs everything in. Mm. And that's a really, really worrisome for me because... I mean, in the last, since this current government has been on, I mean, if I say current government, let me say in the last, since 2015, Mm -hmm. or let's say 2016, Mm -hmm. um, revenue in 2016 was 1.7 trillion. Mm -hmm. Revenue in 2017 was 2.38 trillion. Revenue in 2018 was 3.95 trillion. I'm quoting quoting from the presentation of the Minister of Finance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Revenue for 2019 was 4.5 trillion. Revenue for 2020, I think adjusted was 3.9 trillion. Mm-hmm. So if you have only 3.9 trillion revenue, so why are you budgeting its trillionaire um, um, as as, pos- as possible revenue? Um, why are we trying to deceive ourselves? Um, you know, knowing well that um, we have not, we don't, we don't have the capacities, you know, to bring this kind of revenue to the table. The reality of that, and and, and we, it's not because there's a I'm sorry, the revenue target is 10.173 trillion mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, it's it's just that we just we can't even get we have not gotten half half of this revenue in the last six years. And yeah, we keep putting it there. We can put it there. And at the end of the day, we have not slowed down on expenditure. We have not. We've continuously kept our expenditure going as it is. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it, it will balance out in one way or the other. And, and I guess what we have done learned is that the country itself is ripe for a, a, a total overhaul, mm. a total fiscal overhaul. Mm. Because if you look at all the revenue lines itself, the chunk of federal government revenue is between what you get from oil, you know, and what you get from the company income tax, you know, um, a little bit from customs. And the part that has been significantly growing recently has been independent revenue, maybe independent revenue from agencies of government like MPA, NIMASA, CBN, you know, the independent agencies of government, which is around 600 billion. Now, every country that you see, every decent country, let me use that word, generates revenue from taxes. Because even what do you call the definition of a state? The definition of the state is the ability to protect your territory and the ability for the two to collect taxes. Those are the two things that properly define where you say someone is state state. So if you see um, a separationist group or a terrorist group carves out a part of your country mm. and collects taxes from that, mm. it qualifies and it, it qualifies already as a state. Mm. So in a, in a way, if we have government revenue, 
it's not supposed to be oil and not oil revenue. Mm. It's supposed to be tax and non-tax revenue. Mm. So until Nigeria is able to rebalance its its, its structure mm-hmm. in a way that it is primarily governed, the, the economy is based on taxes. Mm-hmm. That is when you get a country that is a functional state or what you call a state contract. You know, that's when you now have what they call a state contract, which is you pay taxes to the government and there's some expectations that you're having from the same government mm-hmm. as much as possible. It's interesting so, that you've gone you've gone down this road about taxes because we've seen mm-hmm. recently the state governments um, talking to the federal government, taking the uh, a federal government to court over uh, VAT and, and other taxes. This draft budget seems to assume that the federal government will win that battle. Now, if we end up um, with the Supreme Court siding with the states, what will be the implication for the 2022 budget? If it's at the federal level, it's pretty much. The federal government takes only 15% of VAT taxes. Hmm. Um, if you look at the... the I think, I think um, the federal government does not even get up to $250 billion, hmm. um, from value-added taxes. Mm-hmm. I think it's around that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you the federal government that 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 is insignificant in quotes okay. when you look at an outlay of either ten trillion like they, they chose to call it mm-hmm. or even the reality which mm-hmm. is around four point five trillion mm-hmm. it's, it's not a significant element. Mm-hmm. The 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 problem I have with the current the decision is VAT taxation is is chaotic in collection when it is decentralized. Mm. That is the problem um, because. Um, you have an impute element in the VAT tax for those who know how to do it properly. Right. Which means if I produce something of 10 naira, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to take the VAT on all my production that I've paid okay. and also the production on the output and subtract. That's the tax I'm supposed to pay per time. So that means if I produce in Kano, you know, I bring all my imputes from Kano, you know, uh, and I now I'm now producing in Lagos. Now, um, where do I pay my taxes? Where do I make the subtraction? I mean, it, India did this, and it was a bit complex. Even in the UK, that does VAT runs a centralized VAT system. You know, what you see in like a US, like the, the economy like the US, that is much more like a federal structure, like ours. In quote, Nigeria is not a proper federal structure, but US has a federal structure is that they run sales tax. You know, um, which is just a direct taxation on production and on consumption. So, if I produce yam in Benue, it's taxed. If I bring that yam, my yam to my twelve and I sell it on my twelve, it's taxed. If I take that yam and I and I make it in sweet um, in a eatery, you know, it is also taxed. You know, so in that way, it's still, but it's, you know, you now know have a multiple taxation system that makes things expensive over time. But what you have done with that is you have simplified the process. And I guess maybe that's what would lead to, because the VAT system that we want to run, which means that someone that is selling it, producing, that is serving the yam in an eatery will be calculating the, there's some taxes I've paid at production at my 12. So why am I paying? So I have to be able to subtract the VAT element of that from the final VAT that I'm charging the customer. It gets a bit complex in that way when it's when the jurisdictions are multiple. But if we but That's if we end up in a if we end up in a situation where the Supreme Court sides with the states, it won't be that much of a loss uh, for the federal government. It won't be much for the loss of freedom, but I feel it will run into a political settlement in mm. the end. I don't think it will. It, it will, will, it will get there. 
Mm. Okay. Well, let's talk about um, let, let's talk about um, um, you know some of the. Um, What's the word I'm looking for now? Uh, some of the things, some of the figures that are not benchmarked against anything like historical data, right? Should the government be able to draft a budget based on revenue figures like that? I mean, wouldn't that keep leading to budgets with revenue shortfalls? Doesn't that get in the way of realistic budgeting? Um, so... What you say is that you always have what you would call the um, the um, off-cycle revenue items in the budget. And I'm going to explain okay. uh, what I mean by uh, off-cycle. So a traditional Nigerian budget, a federal government budget, we have things like all revenue, mm-hmm. company taxes, mm-hmm. value-added, mm-hmm. customs, mm-hmm. federal levies. Recently, there's called stamp duty, but now they call it electronic money transfer levy. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have, and those are the things you would say are the statutory revenue items. Mm-hmm. Either one come bring option. Now, recently, what you get is that either the federal government overestimates that, you know, or what you have is that they now find several items, you know, they now part the, the revenue position of several items. If you look at the 2022 uh, projection, you would see that there is, um, you had around 600 billion from independent revenue um, last year. Why are we suddenly thinking that we can raise 1.8 trillion from independent revenue hmm. this year? You know, why next year? Why are we thinking that we'll do 3X? And these independent revenue agencies, I know that we are we're expecting new lines. These are agencies that exist already. We know them. So you already we, we know, know how them. far. We know their paper. We, we know that. <laughs> so so what exactly what magical turnaround are you going to do? Expecting now yeah. taking independent revenue from six hundred and sixty billion mm-hmm. and suddenly make it one point eight. Why? So so it begs the question why? Why do we do that then? There has to be some logical explanation no, for it. Why are we do it that? Can't is it can't be faith. It can't be just faith. Oh, why we do that is a deficit management. It's deficit management. So, for example, if you look at 2022 budget now, the budget is 16.16 trillion, 16.8 trillion. Mm-hmm. The, the revenue is 10 trillion. Let's assume that we are realistic with ourselves, and we now say the revenue is five trillion, or we push ourselves and we are nice and we say the revenue is six trillion. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so so that means you're having a deficit of 10 trillion. That will make no sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. in any economic balance. So mm-hmm. the federal government is just trying to hedge itself by saying, oh, our deficit is not that bad. You know, because to be honest, just what it is. But people are not blind. People are looking at the numbers. Numbers don't lie. <laughs> yeah, the numbers won't lie at the end of the year. I mean, if you look at, if you look at, I mean, the numbers will not lie. We numbers okay, haven't go. lied year on year. And I mean, anybody with half a brain will look at the numbers year on year and say, okay, well, it doesn't matter what you think you're going to get at the end of the year. Um, this is what we have been getting. It's not likely that you're going to get any significantly, uh, anything significantly more than you've been getting for the past few years. So yeah. uh, where's the management? I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand that part. And I'm not understanding that part. You, you, you have to understand that part because the deficit is what we are playing with. Here. Federal government has not restructured its revenue expenditure hmm. in a significant way. Hmm. And also because the, the the component of the expenditure that has been growing significantly is the debt servicing cost. Mm-hmm. The debt servicing cost last year was three point, um, I think it was three point 
two trillion or something around that. Okay. The Dow was the debt servicing cost. The debt servicing cost for last year was three point three four trillion. Okay. Twenty twenty. Okay. Now. For understand that we are also devaluing the currency, so the component for the foreign expenditure just gets much more higher. Right now, your revenue was three point nine four trillion. So, right. in any in which sense do you make hundred naira and you spend eighty five naira on servicing debt? Right, just shows that your revenue structure is defective, and you have a compilation of two hundred million people. Something is technically wrong. You know, so in my own view, the federal government or the, the budget makers, they are stuck with, we want to spend money because mm. I've not seen anybody slow down the expenditure on mm. the side of the government. As of August this year, um, the numbers show that the federal government has spent around 7.8 trillion naira mm. as of August this year. Mm. And they made 3 trillion naira. Mm. So definitely you had even spent you spend four trillion, four point eight trillion naira more, more than, than you're than making. Good lord, making. So, so, yeah. so, 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 if debt servicing, and I, I'm think, I think this is a question that you're going to have to just hold in your head and answer when we come back from this break, because if debt servicing um, cost as a, if debt servicing cost as a component of expenditure is growing eh? Mm. and if it is growing even faster as a percentage of revenue isn't Mm. isn't isn't the federal government headed into a debt trap you know so that's a question you just hold that in your head and answer for me when we come back from the break and i'll also be asking you know um how many budgets do we have left before debt servicing becomes unsustainable in the sense that we simply cannot run a budget? Lagos, I am Sandra Ezekwesili. We'll take a break. We'll come back and continue this conversation with Shimon Nibwinde. Don't go away. You are listening to your number one station for talk. Your number one station for talk. 99.3 Nigeria Info. Let's talk. And today we're talking about Nigeria's draft 2022 budget. How realistic is it? I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I have the co-founder of Budget on the show with me. His name is Shane Wonigbinde. And uh, before the break, we talked about uh, some of the assumptions made in the draft budget. So we talked about the benchmark for oil. We talked about um, oil production. We talked talked about exchange rate, uh, the real GDP growth. We talked about a bunch of things, right? And then uh, we talked about the revenue that they're hoping um, to to make for 2022, right? So this bill estimates that uh, we're going to make 10 trillion in 2022. But again, uh, Shingwan and I looked at revenue that we've made for a while and we haven't made um, up to 5 trillion naira yet. So uh, part of what we're talking about before the break was well where does this faith come from now i remember asking Cheryl to hold on to a couple of questions for me right so first one if debt servicing uh debt servicing cost as a component of expenditure is growing and if it is growing even faster as a percentage of revenue isn't the federal government headed into a debt trap right so that was my first question and then my second question was before the break in Sean's estimation, how many budgets do we have left before debt servicing becomes unsustainable in the sense that we simply cannot run a budget? So, Sean, first of all, thank you for staying with us. 
Hello, Sean. Sean, can you hear me? Okay, it doesn't seem like Shao um, uh, can quite uh, hear me yet, but uh, I can see that he's live. I, I'm just hoping there's a way that we can get his attention. <laughs> I'm hoping there's a way we can get his attention uh, on the show. But uh, anyways, Lagos, you can join the conversation uh, by getting uh, involved. Um, WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. We've got Facebook, Nigeria info 99.3 where we're streaming live and we've also got um youtube nigeria info fm what do you think about um the draft budget what do you think about what Xiao and i have talked about so far and uh, what are your questions for Xiao about um the 2022 draft uh budget i'm sandra Ezekwasili. this is nigeria info 99.3 hello thanks for calling us Hello, Sandra. Good hey, evening. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Yeah, I'm calling to make my own uh, input and also my anger towards the proposed uh, budget for 2022. Okay. One, I let me just take this scenario. Let's just assume that uh, it's. Uh, a tsunami that warrants every Nigerian to depend on government to earn a living, and somebody present this type of budget. I know it might be difficult for anybody to believe what I'm telling you. This budget is a budget of poverty, not a budget of prosperity. Okay. If you divide this budget into the presumed 200 million Nigeria that we may be or may be more or less, hmm. an average Nigerian should be going home daily with less than 50 cents. Less than 50 cents. Let's just assume that is what everybody depends on. That means Nigerians won't be able to cope with such budgets. That is one. Two, this is budget that is embedded based on borrowing from external uh, 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 people, mostly the Western world, thereby enslaving the, the future unborn and even the younger generation of today. It's a pity that we can we cannot do things right and put things in the right perspective. All we do every year, the president will come to National Assembly and present a budget. And some people who does not know what the statistics and figures will be clapping. Ah, this is the first time we are having a budget of that such magnitude of over 16 billion, 16 trillion dollars. Now, Naira. what is the exchange rate hmm. in this country for somebody to be saying that that budget is a budget of prosperity? What is the cost of living today, an average Nigerian? What is the cost of doing things in Nigeria? Do you know that a lot of investors are afraid of co coming to Nigeria because of obnoxious tax system in Nigeria? Can you imagine? Like I said sometime in one of your programs, one of the the parastatas in Lagos, let me just don't deviate. Mm. But what I'm saying is that the way this government is going about things, they are not really, really want to, I don't think they really want to manage this economy to a, a better way where people will be able to say, be proud to call this nation our nation. How can you be borrowing such magnitude of money? Who will pay that money? And they have just how many, how many 
years to leave office, leaving indebtedness to other people that will take over from them. It's a shame. All right. Let's leave it at that. Thank you very much for calling. Show. I wonder if you heard that uh, phone call and I wonder what your thoughts on some of the points that uh, he made are. Um, I mean, depth is real. I remember when the current president uh, was elected in 2015. You know, we had a bit of euphoria too, um, an ecstasy um, at budget. So we had this session called Finding Money uh, for President Buhari. <laughs> you know, because we were clear, you know, I remember those times a lot of, a lot of um, promises <laughs> were made. Mm. Like, even our own estimation was like, it would take like 25 trillion naira annually. Mm. To be able to fulfill those promises. You remember those times we're going to give us like we're going to be able to give almost 10 million people 20,000 naira per month. We're going to, you know, provide funding for everybody that lives in wise if another extra one, if they don't have a job. There were a lot of things that were said on the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But most of those things have even been you know, pulverized to dust now. But to be, and, and it just speaks to the fact that politicians want to do much or are not ready for adjustments. Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, um, the revenue numbers does not support that. Mm. Uh, but one thing this government has done that is unprecedented is the fact of how they have been, they have, they have used the CBN to provide support to it. Um, I mean, CBN has provided at least 12 trillion naira to this government mm-hmm. in support. In fact, I think there was a recent recent conversation to monetize or to securitize. That means to convert the CBN um, support to the federal government into debt, which mm-hmm. has been which has been which has been fought by the Serap. Serap has a case in court mm-hmm. against that decision. So when the revenues are available, um, it's debt is what we have taken, and and it's just the reality of time. You ask the question where on break. There was a time oil revenue was enough. Mm-hmm. Now, and there's a time where oil revenue can't even service, uh, can't even pay your defense ministry. Oil revenues can't even pay the personnel cost of your defense and your and your police. Mm-hmm. So oil revenue is no longer enough. Enough, yeah. Um, there was a time, um, there is a time now we can borrow. So that has become our escape um, valve, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But there is also a coming a time where we will no longer be able to borrow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, which means uh, the only understanding is that the Nigerian government needs to rework its interest in, uh, in, in especially on its tax architecture. I always say that. And two, also be also be able to be more efficient in expenditure. That would be the second thing that he has to do effectively. And thirdly is that you would need to build a productive society. As I know, we're not a productive society. Mm. You know, our export earnings, apart from oil, is relatively small um, and we're not just doing enough even to be able to expand in internal uh, revenue so something has to change mm. you know you, you know I was asking I was asking uh, before that that break in your in your estimate how many budgets we have left before debt servicing becomes unsustainable um, in the sense that we cannot run a budget uh, what do you think well, it might take a while. There are two reasons why it might take a while. Um, is because one, our debt is heavily tilted on the domestic side. Hmm. So, um, which means if the federal government can't pay debt, what's the worst that will happen? They'll still be able to print it and give everybody their cash and go. Isn't yeah. that how we got to where we are right now? Doesn't yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that has implications too. I'm just trying to say that. <laughs> 
because we are not our debt is significant. I don't forget. Let's let's revert in the in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were seeking the debt relief, it was the reverse was the case. We're heavily on the side of foreign debt, so we spent so much of the export earnings we have on servicing foreign debt. Now we are around eighty percent of our debt is in domestic terms. So because of that. Um, the worst that would happen for your domestic debt is to print it and give it to the people. Now, that loses value over time. That's just the reality, you know. Um, and and if that continues, and, and that's why you see that you can't, the, the, the problem with economics or the or the story of economics is that you can't hold all values constant at the same time. Right. Um, and, and the part of the values that we cannot hold constant anymore is the exchange rate. So we can do capital controls, we can do exchange rate, interest rate fixes, but we cannot hold the exchange rate because if you have a glut, a supply of domestic currency, you have so many Naira in the system. Mm-hmm. So what if Naira is in the system, what would it do? It would chase the dollar because you are largely an unproductive country. Mm-hmm. And and that's why the federal government trade imbalance, the trade balance continues, the deficit continues to widen because there's so much dollar Naira in the system that is changing foreign goods. Now, the CBN, if he has enough reserves, is supposed to be able to meet that demand. Mm-hmm. But CBN, for its own reason, chooses not to meet all the demands, which means... People are going to look for extraneous means to meet their demand. And that's why you see whatever is, partly you see whatever is happening in the exchange remark. So for me, I don't think we are going to, because by the time you talk to a federal government official, they will say, our debt to GDP is 22%. It's small. Mm. And when you look at other countries, I mean, Greece of this world, Egypt of this world, mm-hmm. Angola of this world, mm-hmm. debt to GDP is around 70, 80. Mm-hmm. Even IMF says you can go to as high as 75, 80. Mm-hmm. But is there any country that is using 80% of his revenue to service debt. No. Let's leave it at that. Uh, Shengon Igbinde is the co-founder of Budget and he's always here to talk to us about um, Nigeria's budgets. I, I wish we had time to take a look at uh, the allocation for different things. So I'm looking at education uh, at um, eight, $875.9 billion. Uh, I'm looking at the Defense Ministry. I talked about that uh, initially. Uh, Defense Ministry getting, what What am I looking at here? $1.1 trillion. You have 410 billion going to social investment schemes. I wish we had time to get into this properly, but maybe we'll drag Shion back. He's quite a busy man, but I'm hoping we can. <laughs> dra- I'm hoping we can drag him back so that um, you know we can have this conversation. But Shion Ndwinde, thank you so much for your time. No problem. You're welcome. Thanks yes. so much, Sandra. It's a pleasure uh, being here. Too. All right, Lagos. Let's continue this conversation, shall we? Our number is still the same. 01465-7190-0700-993-993-993. I'm Sandra Ezekwasili, and you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. You can also find me on social media as Sandra Ezekwasili. 99.3, Hello. Uh, hello, good evening, Sandra. Good evening. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, my name is Abdul. Welcome, Abdul. Yeah, I think the problem we have in Nigeria is leadership. Okay. Because I don't understand uh, a situation whereby someone is broke, but you keep widening your recurrent expenditure. Nigeria is broke, but the, the, the leadership have not shown in any way where they are trying to cut the cost of governance. National Assembly are still getting what they are getting. The presidential villa are increasing what they use in feeding of presidential fish. Everybody is going around with the SUV around. Can't they cost cost? Cost cost. Instead of continuing borrowing, 
we borrow to a state that will not be able to pay you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. 99.3, hello. Sorry about that. Call back if you can. Hello, good evening. Hello, Sandra. Good evening. Good evening. What's your name, sir? Yeah, this is uh, Benjamin. Welcome, Benjamin. Yeah, I'm calling from Ikeja. Welcome. Go ahead. Uh, Sandra, you see, if you ask me, I describe this budget as a budget of non-accountability. And not only that, the budget is full of uh, treason. And uh, that will lead us to national 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 debit, uh, deficit, where situation, no good roads, no education, no, no industries, and this thing kept growing, and the leaders we are having, they don't care. Why? Because at the end of the day, this money is split by the senators, by the ministers, by the governors, and everybody goes there for national cake. And how do you expect? That means it implies that the level of our our, 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 our borrowing internationally will go to a level that it will, it will, it will land us to, 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 to even giving out the fuel, the, the, the NNPC as a whole, as, a, as, as an international body coming to take over. So in this case, the only solution we need now, Sandra, if we as a citizen, we need to sit like the way we, we concurrently see mm-hmm. that we should, we should get our PVC. Okay. If we can get our PVC ready, with these people, I think that's the only solution we, Nigeria needs now. Because if we say we should, we should fist hand to hand with these people, there's nothing we can do. All right, Benjamin, thank you for calling. Chica from Abara says, take oil benchmark $65, $1 uh, to uh, Naira, 400 Naira. Hold it there via policies in both parallel and banks. Inflation let customer regulation earn its money. They tell us what they earn and will and will earn in Naira, but tell us stolen contracts in dollar. I'm not quite sure I understand what uh, Chiki from Abara is saying there on WhatsApp, but uh, I will say thank you for sending the message in. We appreciate it. Uh, this one is asking a question about um, loot recovered by government. Can it not be included in the budget? Well, I, I wish I still had um, Shen Wu on the show. He, he's better suited to answer that question. But hey, I, I think um, I, I think that's all the time we have. Uh, well, we already have Emmanuel's call screened. So I can afford to give him 60 seconds. Emmanuel, you've got 60 seconds. Yeah, thank you. Good evening, Sandra. Good evening. Uh, to me, this is a budget of failure. Ah. Imagine federal government spending more than $4 billion to service generator for presidency. And then $24 billion for meals in the presidency. And then the senators, they are seeing they are, they are, all these fat allowances here and there. And then the president doesn't care. So for me, I see no future in this country. Thank you very much. All right. I see a future in this country. You are the future of this country. I am the future of this country. So let's, uh, let's you know, be a bit more optimistic. I know that um, the handwriting on the world doesn't look good, but we all have to remain hopeful. And more than hope, we all have to continue to speak up, continue to hold these people accountable, regardless of how they feel about you holding them accountable. Hold each other accountable as well, because, I mean, the leaders are the people and the people are the leaders. 
leaders. These are Nigerians like you and I. So what is it about us as a people that makes it more likely for us to get the kind of leaders that we currently do? That's my final thought on the show today. You can find me online as Sandra Ezekwesili. Up next is the news. After that, conversations with Rufai. Tomorrow, the glass ceiling returns. And I have a question that uh, I'm hoping that you will help me answer when we are live on the glass ceiling at four o'clock tomorrow. Do you find that when a woman starts earning more money than her husband, um, she's more likely to get um, uh, beat up by said husband? There's this study that uh, was conducted in Australia and they found that domestic violence against women increased once they started to earn more money, once they got an increase in salary um, than their husbands. Do you think that that's something that um, happens here in Nigeria? 